0: Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are for the most part ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly.
1: In today's Podcast For Pharisee Watch and Unheralded News, we're going to visit Mr. Obama and Mr. Romney, the, the upcoming elections, and this is a piece by Chuck, and does it really make a difference who we get? Do the bankers really care? Leslie, why don't you read the piece for us,
2: please, sure. and we'll talk about it. Obama or Romney? The Bankers Fraternity Choice for Serial Warrior by Charles E. Carlson, September 4, 2012. Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke, who came out of his den on August 24th, proclaiming he and his allies at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York can and will in its own time provide stimulus to help the economy. The banker fraternity wants another quantitative easing, meaning electronic printing of dollars, maybe even a thousand billion new dollars, which would enter our economy, not at the food stamp or public works level, but at the banker's level. The question has always been not will they, but when will they stimulate this? Writer does not want to be an economist, and this letter is not a departure from our norm. War is the issue. The monetary expansion is necessary to support a war-based economy. Either the banking fraternity must stop printing money or stop starting wars. There's no choice for industries that prosper on war and who must face the terrible threat of peace. Mr. Bernanke, who acts like the god of the printing press, is, like every chairman of the Fed, a frontman for the banking fraternity. It is his job to justify what he is told to do. He is not the decider, as G.W. Bush once incorrectly called himself, for he too was a front man. We can do little to change, but we can determine who the banking fraternity wants in office by observing the timing and the attendant rhetoric invented by Bernanke to justify the decisions he is about to carry out. It must also be noted the banking fraternity is synonymous with the warmaker lobby, the neoconservative and the military-industrial complex, to name a few. Someone wrote, War is a banker's payday. We try to constantly remind our readers that it is our job to survive in a war-based economy so we might have a hand in ending it. And if we are not worried about ending it for our children's sake, maybe we can see our way to honor Jesus, he being called the Prince of Peace, by 250 million of us. Sadly, the globe today can be broken down into three groups of countries. First, the conquerors, notably the USA and its twin tails who wag us, Great Britain and Israel. Second, we find a list of victims and potential victims who have been or will be conquered the most important of these being Japan and Germany, the first to be destroyed, and Iran next on the list. Finally, there are all the countries thought not worth destroying. The venerable London Financial Times quoted German Chancellor Angela Merkel as saying something quite unique for any world-class politician. As the Times put it, quote, She renewed her attack on markets for their role in stoking Europe's financial crisis, saying the challenge for policymakers is to woo voters to support cutting debt levels to escape the sights of investors, Mrs. Merkel goes on to tell some of her voters they must be the ones to demand frugal government and that the bankers never will and are always the enemies of the people campaigning for debt which debt is pumped into the system so the markets can drain it off for personal gain. Merkel knows, and in this one beer garden speech, she told the few. Financial Times further quoted Merkel, quote, speaking at an event organized by the Bavarian Christian Social Union Party, she said that the last five years markets haven't served the people, allowing a few to get rich at the expense of the many. Markets can't be allowed to destroy the fruits of people's labor, and governments can't be put at their mercy through excess debt. Further, quote, the real question about our democracy is, Can we in Germany and in Europe win elections when we jointly stand up for solid finances when we don't always spend more than we take in, unquote Merkel said. The Republican convention ended with a bellicose statement near the end of Mitt Romney's carefully rehearsed speech in which he pronounced his total willingness to carry out the war maker's agenda If elected, Romney hit upon Iran and even swung his jaw in the direction of our old Cold War enemy, Russia. Fortunately, Romney spoke after Clint Eastwood delivered a rare moment of truth when he made a clear, forceful, and logical four-piece statement in his uncensored pantomime. We are providing a link to remind you The idea of peace is not dead, even in Hollywood. Thank you, Clint Eastwood, but I warn readers, Mr. Eastwood can be and was crude when making a point. Now it's the Democrats' convention. President Obama campaigned on a pro-peace platform four years ago, and many believed him, but he delivered only scraps of peace, being surrounded from day one by the same banker fraternity that occupied all positions of power in the Bush administration. It remains to be seen how Obama will manage a change from peacemaker to warmaker if he wants the support of the banker's fraternity. Sorry to say politicians do this all the time. We can now know the private deals that go on in the political world where money is no longer an obstacle. But we can know who the banking fraternity wants in office in 2013, and that is worth knowing. On September 11th, or soon thereafter, Ben Bernanke will announce when and how much the new stimulus will be injected into the economy like crystals of meth under the tongue. If the amount is huge and the date is imminent, such as we started yesterday, this will signal that the fix is on for Obama to return to the White House. A rocketing stock market is the president's only hope for re-election, his see-we-have-done-it moment. But if Mr. Bernanke announces a delay, say until after the election, perhaps with words like, we have the tools, but we are giving Congress and the president their chance to do their job first, then you can count on an instant stock market bust, and only Romney can win in November. Either way, the banking fraternity expects the survivor to carry out its will for an attack on Iran. Only you and I can stop it. The only permanent source of hope must come, not from those who thrive on war, but from those who pay for it. Peace will require an uprising among the American people and against every war, including the proxy war by Israel upon the Philistines. And this uprising for justice must involve the american churches thank you chuck once again you you
1: haven't played prognosticator here by giving a prediction but i think that's indicative of what's happened it doesn't really make any difference who wins the republicans and democrats are basically two sides of one party we get the same activities as far as wars with republicans as well as Democrats. So it's, it really, until the point that people recognize that there's no difference, that they get the same thing. So many people, of course, voted for Obama, and they, he promised them change, but he hasn't given them change. We, We're we still work. getting
2: small change.
1: <laughs> small change, yes.
2: And the bankers get a lot more.
1: Absolutely. Chuck, your comments?
2: Well, I
3: think we're trying to remind people statements that we have been making for many years. One, that we are in a war-based economy. This is something that eludes so many people. They just don't seem to understand that the, that there's a purpose and a coordinated effort behind all these wars, they're not accidents. I, I don't know how, after uh, maybe 75 years of this, going back to 1916 or something like that, it, one can really miss the point, but we are a war-based economy, and it's going to be a very painful change to leave that behind. It's not going to be anything easy, but uh, but that's that's necessary for that recognition. Uh, and, of course, the control of the cabinet and the personnel behind presidents is becoming even more controlled now with the huge cost of these campaigns where, <clears throat> where candidates literally are going to spend a billion, maybe a billion dollars in these campaigns. I don't know what the number is really going to be, but I'm just guessing at that number. But it, it's many-fold what it, it ever was before. And who can spend that kind of money without making promises to somebody, you know, having debts to pay back? So uh, because of this enormous spending, you now have presidential and and uh, House candidates and even local Candidates that are, are have to be beholding to someone. So,
1: so the analogy, Chuck, I think would be like uh, what was done in Rome, the, the Empire of Rome, bread and circuses. So bread and circuses, what we're getting in these elections, are bread and circuses, and they're very expensive to to uh, to operate.
3: So those are the issues that we keep trying to point out to people, and of course uh, the the. The obvious issue also that people simply can't get through their head is that uh, that the Federal Reserve does print all this money, and um, that most of it—not all of it, but a, a lot of it—is basically funneled right into the banking system and never leaves the top echelon of the banking system. Some some of it does filter down to the lower levels. It pays for, you know, military people. It pays for munitions that pays for certain things like that. But too much of it, of course, does get stuck at the very top of the, of the feed chain.
1: And, of course, the other side of the coin is the inability for people to recognize that the United States is an empire. I watched the new movie, it's a documentary, called 2016, Obama's America. It's basically a Bash Obama movie And it doesn't talk about the – they tried to lay all the blame on the financial situation on Obama. And we know this has been going on for years. But one of the comments that kind of struck me is that the guy that made this, who was a neocon, said that we are an empire of ideals. You know, he actually admitted it, but, you know, this was the idea that we've got somehow an empire of freedom, which is – Orwellian at best in its <laughs> in its presentation. The only way I can ex- explain it is the fact that we are an empire. And, and this was, we talked about this some time ago, but this was recognized by a man, his name was Garrett Garrett. Uh, he was uh, editor for the new, I think it was the Saturday Evening Post back in the 1940s. And he was against socialism and, and uh, was not... Uh, Uh, in favor of what uh, Franklin Roosevelt was doing during and after the Depression. But anyway, in 1953, he wrote a treatise called Rise of Empire, and he asked the rhetorical question in 1953, is the United States an empire? And he said yes, and of course he compared it to what happened in Rome, and uh, his contention was that it had the empire actually started probably sometime around World War I, and we've continued on. This concept of a war-based economy is obvious to many people, but it is obvious in the sense that they think that it's necessary that we have to have this protection from all these enemies throughout the world.
3: Well, I hope we don't bore our listeners uh, talking about economics this one time and we will be back on the track next next uh, next time around talking about the problem that Christ followers have in living in this warring economy.
1: Well, it, this is important because Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. And if we can't advocate uh, peace as followers of Christ, we've talked many times about the some of the famous Christian Zionists who've actually prayed for war in the name of Jesus. And no one in their right mind should even believe that, but they are believed by millions of people that we need to defend ourselves against these enemies, real and imagined. All right, well, I think that'll wrap up our program for tonight. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast and please visit our website whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.